the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. All right, honey bunny, get your resume ready. Squirrel hands, Pete, call your friends. You may need jobs after this one because I like to think I'm not going to come out here and spew the nonsense that the propagandists want me to spew because I happen to be reading late into the wee hours. And on the Hindustan Times, oh, yes, it's the Hindustan Times. The Hindustan Times had early, early this morning, Ukraine-Russia draw up tentative peace plan to end the war. And then we had the speech. Next thing I know, $800 million on top of the $25.9 billion go to the corruptors of the Biden family, Ukraine. I know we're supposed to pretend it's not, but it is. I said to myself, boy, that's convenient. They draw up, and as I read in the Hindustan Times, which, by the way, you can, lo- you can find on offthepress.com, which I highly recommend to people. Ukraine-Russian war, the Kiev independence said the deal included ceasefire and withdrawal of Russian troops if Kiev uh, renounces its ambitions for membership in the NATO organization, corrupt NATO organization, accepted with uh, no intention to put weapons controlled by NATO in Ukraine. Same thing that they've been wanting, same thing that the Minsk Accord kind of outline that they've been arguing about for the last eight years. So that happens this morning. And then we got the comedian. Today, my age stopped when the hearts of more than 100 children stopped beating. I see no sense in life if it cannot stop the death. And this is my main mission as the leader of my people, great Ukrainians. And as the leader of my nation, I am addressing the President Biden. You are the leader of the nation, of your great nation. I wish you to be the leader of the world. Boy, and that got me thinking about all those guys that were always upset about the one world government stuff. I guess they don't mind it too much if we're the leader. I always did. I don't think it's right. But then I heard everybody. I mean, you know, you had... You had everybody from, uh, where, where was, where's Mitt? Where's Mitt Romney? I know I heard him today. I did. I heard him. Let's go to Mike Lee. I just returned from a joint address of Congress presented by Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. Uh, I think every single member, um, members of both political parties and of both chambers of Congress, had their heartstrings pulled as President Zelensky described his plight 
as he made plea after plea, each time couched in an American symbol. He channeled his inner Martin Luther King. By yeah, they, yeah they, I mean, it was, it was really brilliant. From Pearl Harbor to 9-11, I love it. I love a good performance. I do. I, I love a good performance. And, and, and when you see a conservative like Mike Lee buy it, along with a fraud like Mitt Romney. Like many of you, I had the occasion to listen to President Zelensky just a few moments ago. And I came away, one, uh, very moved, uh, a very heroic, uh, monumentally courageous man. Uh, at the same you. time, I feel fully committed to doing everything in our power to help defend the people of Ukraine against the monstrous actions of Vladimir Putin. And that means that's big. That's big because, you know, that's that's Jesus on the next planet. Uh, Mike Lee does properly identify it, though, as what it really kind of leads to asking us to hear the words. I have a dream uh, when he asked us, I need your help. He channeled images. I, know, I of- have a dream, too. I have a dream that if I can corrupt for a very long time, a crackhead son of a president, I have a dream that one day that country will write endless checks to constantly give to our corrupt government so that my master, Ihor Kolominsky, can really cash in once they turn on the oil again. Mount Rushmore, he channeled images of America's founding and the patriotism that we have in this country to defend our homeland. Every member felt this and, and has a desire to see the Ukrainian people live in freedom. He talked about ongoing needs that they have in Ukraine and their desire to have further U.S. involvement. He'd like to see increased sanctions uh, uh, against Russia. Uh, I, I suspect some of those may be Boy, coming. He's boring, huh? also asking Brilliant for a no-fly zone to be imposed. Boring. We have to keep in mind this would amount to an act of war, and as such, it would require authorization from Congress. Oh, good thing we had a performance this morning, and they're all on board, because you know the Democrats bought this hook, line, and sinker. After all, they can't wait to write checks. They love it. Uh, Putin is trying to bait the trap so that uh, we go in, and that's the beginning, could be the beginning of World War III. Putin totally irresponsible using weapons that are not allowed under the Geneva Convention. Putin, who uh, threatens use of chemical weapons, um, nuclear, and the rest. But also, there is a school of thought that thinks the anti-aircraft missiles and the rest are... No, we should just make Putin ahead of the CIA. I think that would solve everything. Biden had it right last week as he goes headstrong into World War III. The idea... The idea that we're going to send in offensive equipment and have planes and tanks and trains uh, going in with American pilots and American Boy, they are crews. Brilliant, aren't they? Just understand, and uh, don't kid yourself, no matter what you all say, that's called World War III. Yeah. Okay? We like World War III. We love it because you can hide all your other failures, all your other corruptions in it. It's fantastic. War is an economy. Anybody who tells you otherwise is either in on it or stupid. See, now the reason I wanted to play that cut is because while all this is going on, everyone is forgetting the fact that before we were on this sales pitch, before Rootin Toot and Putin violated the agreement and invaded, wrongfully so, and instead of just killing that son of a dog, they saw an opportunity. And that opportunity was to distract the American people because how many... How many of you that are working, 
that have too much pride, too much self-respect, too much dignity to go in on the welfare cheese society of the Democrat base. How many of you knew that at simultaneously, as of yesterday, those people living, those welfare roaches, they got a bit of an increase? Hey, guys, it's your girl, Shalane. I'm back today with another video. In today's video, we're going to be discussing Social Security changes. Now, we all know in October, the Social Security Administration announced a 5.9% cost of living adjustment. But, God, I didn't know that. Did you know that, Squirrel Hands? In October, the welfare roaches got 5.9. No wonder they were all quiet going into the holidays. No wonder they loved it when uh, um, uh, Adam Kinzinger and the rest of the turncoats voted to give the $2.5 trillion so we could get ourselves all the way to here before we had to print up another omnibus. Well, now we got inflation. Yes, we do. Before Putin, year over year, records. Records again, 8%. It's okay. Social Security's got your back. Guys, it gets better, okay? Now they're saying that it's going to be a 7.3% adjustment that is on the horizon. Now they- Woo! That's why you don't fret. Don't fret. The welfare roach wagon, it is going to get the cost of living increases. And in the meantime, all of the debt, you know, the one that we keep accumulating, that's paid off by the suckers. We're still dumb enough to work. Because simultaneously with this, Jerome Powell, who, I'll tell you what, he looks like a cheerleader in prison. Scared, not sure what's going to happen, pretty sure it's going to be painful. He backs off a little bit and raises it just enough so the corporatist scum will get more money on the credit cards. We'll get more money on the floating loans. Everybody who's not connected to government will have a massive uptick in just minimum payments on their stuff. But if you are on Social Security, you just got yourself an increase. There's a lot of things that go into detail, you know, on if this is going to happen or not. But if you want to know what is going on in the lovely world of Social Security, you already know what to do. Stay tuned. Your girls got you covered. Now, if this is your first time tuning into my channel, hi, hello, hey, friends. My name is Chalet, and here on this channel, we discuss shopping, saving, and everything in between. I would love to have you a part of my internet family. It's super easy, right? Click the big old red yeah, subscribe. Click the button, and you got over a million subscribers just on that one channel. Oh, I'll God. Tell you how to navigate the wonderful world of government sustenance. And all you have to do is continue to vote Democrat. Continue to have these charlatans in there. And every once in a while, when you absolutely need one, we can absolutely get a war around the corner. Just give me a good performance. Thanking President Zelensky for his passionate message this morning. I listened to it in the private residence and... Uh, he was on a changing table. He couldn't uh, attend. He was convincing and significant speech. He speaks for a people who have shown remarkable courage and strength in the face of brutal aggression. Boy, oh boy, it's like the Republicans around November 4th, 2020. I'm signing here is a delegation of authority under Section 506 of the Foreign Assistance Act of 1961, translated into plain uh, English, a total of $800 million in defense. $800 million, but Joe, you just signed the one yesterday, which gave a total of $25.9 billion. Couldn't we take the money out of that? You, you did another one today? Boy, oh boy, oh boy. War is an economy. Anybody who tells you otherwise is either in on it or stupid. 312-642-5600.
Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Nice. It's good news about the 70s. Terrible economy. Wonderful music. And you know what? Most of these old bags were already out of college in the 70s. I'm looking right now at the Senate. Senate Intelligence Committee questions Attorney General Sessions on Comey firing. That's what they're doing today. Diane Feinstein with her speed racer hairdo. She's loving being a widow. I think she's out on the prowl in Washington. She's got her pearls on. It's a thousand years old. The whole damn government looks like the cast of Cocoon, for God's sakes. So really, when you get these idiots talking, this is pretty much, you know, the best you're going to get from them. It's not as bad as it should be or could be. I guess we could be worse. I mean, we could be on the threshold of World War III, for God's sakes. What happened to Biden? We're going to give Ukraine the arms to fight and defend themselves through all the difficult days ahead. We're going to continue to mobilize humanitarian relief to support people within Ukraine and those who have been forced to flee Ukraine. So where's the money? Do we get the money back or is this charity? What exactly is is this? Oh, I know. This is that one world government stuff, right? Now we might, they might as well be like, are we going to put a football team in Ukraine? I don't know. I mean, what are the, what is the upside here? Or maybe, maybe it'll have to do with the oil. Oh boy. And then don't forget the wheat. Wheat's big and then fertilizer. That's big. And then maybe we could, you know, do what we're doing to Syria and just give it to the CIA, you know, to keep it off the books. Rose and Buffalo Grove, or as the Russians say, Buffalo Grove. You could say Buffalo Grove. Hey, Sean, quick, quick heads up. The Social Security thing is not related to welfare recipients. A, um, my mom's on Social Security and her cost of living has gone high, so they definitely need that kind of money. B, Social Security is not going to be happening for anyone soon, especially in their 40s and 50s. So, so well, this is in me- reference. Th- this is in reference to Social Security and the many different avenues that collect on it. Don't forget, this is also for the what is known in in struggling neighborhoods as the ghetto lottery, and that is disability. They're all going to get an increase. Yes, they are. Not just the old people. And you could argue about the old people, and you could argue about just because you buy into the scam Ponzi scheme doesn't make it not one. It is a Ponzi scheme, and I don't care how many millions of people are on it. If we continue to follow that rose, that path, we are going to ultimately be in a position where we are no better than any of the welfare recipients. And that's the goal, after all. Then you can normalize this kind of society. Then you could ignore the way in which government not only builds ghettos, but imprisons people in them. Because they're not interested in having people on their own. Because if they were, if people were on their own, they would be upset about the economy. They would be upset about taxation. This is the perfect way to split the country. And all you need to do is get more than 50% on government cheese. And before you know it, they'll gladly be extortionists of a gangster government. We call it Illinois or New York or New Jersey, where it's better to be in on the scam than one of the morons that has to fund it, like me. Lori, Lyle. 
Hey, I was. I want to know, Sean, how much has Biden given to Ukraine, all total? And we left $83 billion worth of military equipment in Afghanistan. It's not too far away Lori, from Ukraine. Lori, Lori, I mean, you got to <laughs> let that go. You got to let it go. No, Forget they about the take our money and go buy that equipment. They can go this, buy our equipment from the Taliban. You got to let money. it go. And, and whatever you do. Don't focus on these old bags from Diane Feinstein, the, the <laughs> diapers Biden, turning the they freedom fighters. They all need to be arrested. They, oh, uh, they, I was in high school when they got in office. They, and they've been ripping us off ever since they got there. And they've yeah. built kingdoms onto themselves. They're like kings and queens. Yeah. And they, Lori, make, they don't follow laws. They make mandates now. Yeah, and to cap it off, the woman of the year is actually a man. I love it all. And to answer Lori's question. Hi, I'm Kate Bedingfield. I'm the White House Communications Director. And I want to give you an update today on the announcement President Biden made of additional military assistance to Ukraine. So today, what you heard from the president is an additional $1 billion, which means that over the course of the last year, since March, even before the invasion began, we've given $2 billion in security assistance to the people of Ukraine. Now, you might be asking, what is security assistance? What does that mean? (laughs) Well, let me break it down a little bit. So what that means is we are sending anti-aircraft systems. We are sending missiles. We're sending anti-armor. We're sending guns, rifles. Yeah, but what about the 25.9 in the omnibus bill? Does that count? 25.9 billion with a B. This is why it pays off to put a crack-smoking scumbag, low-life wretched, who happens to be the fruit of Joe Biden's loins on your company. This is why pays off tremendously we're just getting warmed up and then don't forget we're gonna have to rebuild it who's gonna get the contracts i think his brother has a history of getting contracts and delivering homes in 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 iraq or did he build the homes i don't know pretty sure the 1.5 billion came through to the brother scumbag what's that called shalady construction not like Scott Shalady, I mean like the Irish Shalady, because, you know, they're Irish gangsters. Pistols, munition. We're making sure that the armed forces of Ukraine have what they need and that the brave men and women, the civilians in Ukraine who are taking up arms against Russian aggression have what they need. And all of the complaints of exactly what was happening in Ukraine, and I don't just mean the breaking of the Minsk Accord, which I think is kind of something to discuss, but nobody else does. What about... The one-third of the Russians that were living in Ukraine, that were having their history seized, were being intimidated by the Azovs. And I don't just mean, you know, how the comedian makes me laugh my Azov. I mean the Azov Nazis, the one that our government said we can't give money to. Is that any, we're going to talk about that anymore? No, no, no. What's that slogan, Squirrel Hands? You remember that slogan? I told you they got a slogan. What is it? Uh, Boy, oh boy, oh boy. There's a slogan. I wanted to remember it. Oh, well. Oh, well. We'll get it back to you. But when you hear him say that, not God bless Ukraine, God bless the heroes. It's something like that. I'll get to it. That's the old slogan from the 30s. Oh, yes. That's Stefan Bandera's slogan. We're not going to talk about him either. All that's under the rug. Before, as, as, as long as you know, he was just a partner with Hunter Biden. Chris and Racine. Hey, Sean, I want your thoughts on this. All the money that we're sending to Ukraine, what's the, what's the possibility that some of that, 10 20% is going into an escrow account to come back through Hunter down the road? I don't know. I don't know. I think Hunter's a hot topic right now. There's a lot of heat on him. So they need a new, they need yeah. a new bag man, a new pigeon. Who could it be? Who could it be? I think I would work the first lady. 
Oh, I would. <laughs> Not the way Sweet Willie Brown did. I would work her as far as getting her, her second husband on board. That's all you got to do. She must have an offspring here and there or something. I mean, after all, isn't that yeah, the game? That could be. Yeah, just put a yeah, nephew yeah, on. You could do that like is. Durbin. Durbin's got a nephew who's a lobbyist. You run all your corruption through him, no one will look at it. Thanks, Chris. There's always a By the way, it's glory to Ukraine. Glory to the heroes. That's the Stefan Bandera Nazi cheer. Don't say it. After all, he's, he's Churchill. Owen Willowbrook. You see, Sean, what, what Biden really could have done to bring his numbers up, he could have gone to Hunter, since, since he only gave him $800 million today. Hunter could have given a half his hedge fund from the Chinese, tie in a contract with lithium batteries when they start rebuilding, and then get back on Air Force One and a billion from China. Listen. Hunter breaks even. And he oh, makes you, a ton of money. Oh, and have you been to a strip joint lately? You can't pay for $50 lap dances by giving money away, Owen. This kid's got a lifestyle, <laughs> damn it. We're coming on the weekend. He ain't writing any checks, that crack-smoking freak. He's the first son. Mike on the south side. Uh, hey, I was telling your call screener, you know, the Azov Battalion, they actually got um, when NATO forces, which who weren't there, but they were there. How many times has the, well, uh, before? I'm going to let you finish, Mike. How many times? This will be like trivia. How many times has the upper echelon of NATO been indicted, accused, or investigated for corruption? I say, I know there was one just a couple years ago, and uh, he, he went to Italy, where the court, the court system is like Cook County, and I think he was fined, you just had to pay a little fine and we let it go. How many times has NATO been investigated for fraud from uh, the military-industrial complex and corrupt defense contracts? How many times has it been investigated and found corrupt? They're heroes now, but shh, don't talk about NATO. So, so, don't talk yeah, about yeah, the Azov. So, yeah, so, yeah so, with, so with the Azov Battalion, when they went there, the very first folks that were trained up were the Azov Battalion. And over the last uh, 15 years, they killed over 14,000 Russian speakers, and they were actually enacting genocide against anybody who spoke Russian. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like nobody looks at that. And, you know, if you listen to... Uh, David Nino Rodriguez and Mel Kay, they were on fire today on bit shoot. And uh, Mel Kay, she's really, you know, spun up on it. All you know, I, know you is, to this I stuff just know like, Mel B. I don't know anybody you're talking about. But what I will say, that's not worse, Mike. That's not worse than the Saudis who beheaded 81 people because they said they were bad people. After all, that's our new oil supplier. Things are looking up. 312 642 5600. AM 560. The answer. <laughs> You know, I always hated that bust out, bust out, trust fund spoiled brat that was good for nothing. I always hated those guys. I really did. Show up with a car somebody else bought them, never worked that damn day in their life, and they pretended to be rich. That's what this whole damn country is. You're writing checks, huh, dummy? You're writing checks to Ukraine. You're busted. $30 trillion in debt, you stupid son of a dog. You got to print money up every 60 days because you're broke. I got to listen to these old hags, these corrupt bimbos worth hundreds of millions. Just like the comedian who's in charge of Ukraine. Is anyone curious why he's worth 600 million? I'm very curious. I hate liars and frauds. I hate them. I really do. It's despicable and disgusting. So you're writing what? 25.9 billion in your omnibus bull dumb. Hi, I'm Kate Bedingfield. I'm the way. You write another billion today. Another billion. We got. What's going on on the southern border? Hey, stupid. How many kids are dying of fentanyl? How many? Because I hear this story, 
And that what I think about is the failure of our government. You've got the audacity to pretend to save another country, you stupid son of a dog. This is extremely alarming to us. Alarming and scary, says first responders and neighbors after an Airbnb in Wilton Manors became a crime scene. That here we are in the first week of spring break and uh, we have something like this taking place. Just before five, first responders got a call about multiple overdoses at a home on Northwest 29th Court. Uh, there were multiple people uh, in cardiac arrest in the front yard. Officials say six students, all here on spring break, overdosed on what they thought was cocaine. But it was laced with fentanyl. A See, because the drug dealing scum that has the protection of the Democrat mafia, the George Soros-backed prosecutors around this country, they've allowed the cartel, the Sinaloa cartel, along with Chinese drug dealers who love to see our country struggle, have a wild stream of fentanyl through the country. And now they're killing our kids. See, this is more important to me than some video you show me where you tell me who the bad guy is. I know who the bad guy is here. And it's you, you Democrat rat bastard. You're the one that opened the border. You're going to spend billions in Ukraine? You can't build? How about you build? here? Why don't we build Ukrainian training facilities for the Ukrainian Azov Battalion? We'll do it all along our border. We'll get them with their silly haircuts and their boots and they'll have them goose-stepping around. Maybe it'll scare the Sinaloas. In the meantime, these stories are a direct translation of your incompetence, you Democrat mafia rat bastard, who's more interested in giving billions to Ukraine because they bribed you. They bought your crack-smoking son. He never got the fentanyl, though. Drug so strong it can get in your system by just getting it on your skin. It's extremely, extremely potent. So here's the saddest part about this. The one kid does the, the, does the, the, the blow, it's laced with fentanyl, and he goes down having a heart attack. The other kid tries to give him CPR, two kids. Listen to this. And, uh, and, and can stop your heart, your respiration. Battalion Chief Stephen Golan with Fort Lauderdale Fire Rescue says only four of the six students actually took the drug. But when they had a bad reaction, the other two tried to help. Then they overdosed. When they went down into cardiac arrest, two of their friends began doing CPR, and they were exposed from the direct contact of the fentanyl. No, you could tell. Yeah. Uh, we're going we're to have to change the name of the Eisenhower. It's already a Heron 500. We'll make it the fentanyl run because that's where it's coming from. Same drug cartels, same corrupt government that allows the cartels to poison our kids. Well, we're supposed to care about other people's kids. Not that we shouldn't care. Fine. But my government is giving billions of dollars to another government that's been corrupting the Biden Democrats for decades. And some Republicans, too. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if we go over to uh, Jesus on the next planet and we find some suspect campaign contributions. After all, it explains his un undying support for all of us. Getting it. the people of Ukraine the MIGs that they would need to fight and shoot down some of the... Why can't they buy the MiGs? Buy the MiGs. I got to give you the MiGs. I got to give you the money. What are you, what are you, what are you, what are you our kid? Russian aircraft. Get them the anti-missile and anti-aircraft systems from the ground that, uh, that President Zelensky asked for. Uh, we've got to do more. At the same time, humanitarian aid, helping so, uh, provide opportunities for... Uh... And then take your eye off what's really happening. The massive, massive cartel overthrow of our cities. Massive, massive economic failure of these corrupt scum.
all of which are 90, for God's sakes. You know, all of us are already paying more for just about everything. And now loans and credit cards are also about to cost more. Before you pull out that credit card today, beware. If you don't pay it off in full, your interest rate is probably about to jump. Yeah, that's good for the economy. Just ask the Dow Jones. 518 points. It's up because they're printing money. They're monetizing debt, and they're squeezing out the people. Don't worry. The more of us are on welfare, the more of us it is that vote Democrat and turn a blind eye to the real problem, not just the oligarchs in Eastern Europe. The oligarchs right here. Glenn on the south suburbs. Yeah, uh, Sean, I, I just wanted, I'm, I'm sick of this. these jets being offensive. All weapons are offensive or defensive. It just depends on who the aggressor is. If the Russians were flying their planes into Alaska and bombing Alaska, would our F-35s and F-22s, would they be offensive or defensive? <laughs> it's a word salad with liars. And then the other That's thing exactly. is, we're at this point, Glenn, does anyone want to talk about how it all got started? Because now no, what but we did find out is that there were, there were weapon depots, there were chemical facilities in Ukraine. Our own media found it. But now we can't talk about it. In fact, the more this information goes on, the more I'm starting to really think about, boy, what, what good was the Minsk agreement? And how long was it being corrupted? How long was it bastardized? And how much of the energy in Ukraine did Igor Kolominsky control? Because that fat son of a dog, he's, he's making out more than Pritzker. Thank you very much, Glenn. See, these are the things I like to talk about. Should I just do the rah-rah? You want to do the rah-rah? And then I could pretend that we are on moral high ground to save Eastern Europe, and then we'll save all the other countries. And we won't focus on how much of those third-world hellholes we made worth trillions of dollars because of our political policy, rather than letting the companies here drill the best, purest oil ever. But then again, you wouldn't have scam artists. You mentioned gas prices briefly, and they continue to soar across this country. Uh, you know, can the public transportation system, as it's situated today, can it handle a potential influx of people that just can't afford to drive to work anymore? Talk to us about some of the investments you have started to make in infrastructure here uh, from the public transport side. Well, we do have a lot of capacity in public transit, uh, and that's something that uh, you know I, I hope becomes a, uh, a means of choice uh, alongside driving, that people have good options and good affordable options. See, slaves, Pete Buttigieg, who's good for absolutely nothing, unless you're in Boys Town on a Saturday around 1 a.m., he wants you to take public transportation. After all, it's better for everything. You just get on the get on the 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 the, the, the train there. Get on the get on the train, the L tracks. You'll be great. Take public transportation. You know why I don't take pub, public transportation, Squirrel Hands? You know why? Too many fracking Democrats. I don't like them around me. Not to mention it smells like a urinal in there. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. AM five sixty. The answer. Nice. Look at you. I'm going over to Miami. All right, let's go to the lines because this is a great, uh, really great observation. Phil, 294. Hey, Sean. Hey, you know, you're talking about a couple of hundred million here and a couple of billion there. Give them an arms and all that kind of stuff. 
I think we're almost in the boat. How much yep. is Biden going to skim off the top when we rebuild uh, Ukraine when this whole thing's done to the tune of a trillion or whatever? Well, his brother, who never had any and never had any experience in any construction whatsoever, got a one point five billion dollar contract to rebuild homes in Iraq. And that was George Bush and the Republicans were in charge. So how much yeah, you think they're going to make now that the Democrats are in charge? Brilliant to rebuild homes and buildings and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. it'll probably never get done. I'd say money uh, for nothing and chicks for free, but I'm not quite sure with this administration. I don't think chicks is a given. Thank you, Phil. David in Lansing. Uh, hey, Sean. I see a pattern here. We had Biden reacting to Afghanistan and send them aid. Now he's reacting to Ukraine, Russia invading them, send them aid. I predict maybe in this fall uh, we will be sending aid to Taiwan because they got invaded by China, uh, by Taiwan. And um, I, w- I wonder what the Demi- can a Democrat call on your show and no, like, no. What you're I don't even have to hear what you're saying. <laughs> Democrats can't call on my show. They can't watch YouTube. I don't want those stupid son of dogs around me. Thank you very much. And if they're not stupid, then they're in on a scam. And you want to be a gangster? I love gangsters. Now take me out back and prove it to me. I'm silly that way because I see what inside trading scumbags you are, Democrats, like Jennifer Granholm which I believe the title is Energy Secretary Inside Trading Scumbag from Canada. I think that's her official title. We, we talk about electrification, obviously. Um, it's not just about transportation. It's about uh, homes and uh, making sure that we uh, wean ourselves off of fossil fuels. Darling, is the wind blowing today? I'd like to watch television. How's that work? How do you wean yourself off fossil fuels? You just don't get as warm. You don't get as cool. Not as much light. You're going to love weaning yourself off. Before you know it, you might want to pick up a condo in Kiev. After all, they're going to have all the attention, and they won't have Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, just picking up on the inflation, uh, Mr. Secretary, we talked to a lot of business leaders here, a lot of CEOs, and they are now, and I just noticed a shift in their tone where they're thinking inflation is no longer transitory. That's, that's been in the water. That was the last <laughs> year thing. It's becoming permanent. Uh, do you think it's permanent? I don't think anything is permanent, but I think it's clear that this is a serious economic issue. Uh It'll stop when they throw you and the rest of your cohorts. Oh, boy, I tried to clean that up because we're already probably got the we got the pink slips coming, kid. You get it. You get a call yet. It doesn't matter because I will not sell the bull dung of talking points to turn a blind eye to what this administration really is. The antithesis of political corruption. That's all this is. And they got us in the corner, right where they want us. Todd, Libertyville. Hey, Sean. Sean, remind me, I believe it was the Clintons that, uh, in, in Haiti when, uh, was it Hillary's brother or Clinton's brother got the big contract to rebuild there after they had a, I, I don't know, was, a hurricane or natural Hillary's. disaster? I think it was the What's Duchess that? of Cha- I think it was the Duchess of Chaffington. I just can't remember if it was the dead scumbag, may he burn in hell, or the idiot that, that's still alive. I can't remember which one, but it's, I'm pretty sure it's one of them. Same BS, same deal. You know, yeah. money gets appropriated, and then the, the relative gets it, and cha-ching. The good news is they're all built like her, so they look like Oompa Loompas. Thank you very much. Don in Bloomingdale. <laughs> hey, Sean. You know, electric vehicles, how long they've been out, they constitute less than 3% of all vehicles driven in the United States. And yeah. they're about sixty grand. And Tesla just increased every model by two grand. So uh, how does 
Pete Buttigieg suggests we buy him. Did you know that uh, uh, Toyota and Hyundai have been working on um, the hydrogen yes. cars, and they're selling them in California, and that they're ten times better than the electric. Ten times yes. better. And hydrogen is the is we have the richest supply all over. It's the most abundant it's, of all things, and it's everywhere. It's water. <laughs> How come they don't want to? They don't want to talk about that because there's no scam in it, and they're not in on that scam. So now they've got us in this corner where you're going to have to learn, after all, you're separating the classes now. That's the thing about this Marxism. It's very expensive. Only rich people can afford to fill up when gas is $9 a gallon, right? So then you get more and more people in on it. Then you subsidize it. Then you build your other oligarch class right underneath you, the ones who are dependent on you. Before you know it, everything's like Silicon Valley, where they're censoring, they're controlling the narrative, and pretty soon... We're going to be like the Ukrainians without the babushkas, I hope. 312-642-5600. We'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. He has not only written for the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, Washington Post, New Republic, Reader's Digest, and Playboy. He's written 10 books. He's also dropped a new article at Mises Institute. The Supreme Court uses twisted logic to promote U.S. agents committing torture. Jim Bovard, thank you so much for joining me. Jim, how are you? Doing good, Sean. Thanks for having me back on your show. Anytime. I love it. So now, I want to be a, I always grew up with World War II guys raising me. Want to be a good citizen, right? You want to be, you want to believe you're the good guy. You really do. And then I remember exactly what happened with my other relative in Vietnam. Oh. And I remember him, who was a very, very successful warrior in Vietnam. Killed more people than heart attacks in 67. However, he had to live with the fact that he bought into the lie that enriched American oligarchs. So it always made me a little bit suspicious. However, when George Bush came along, I said, boy, oh boy, you know, I'm all in. September 11th, let's go get him. Get him. And then I started to do a little research on that, and I said, well, let me take a, put the air brakes on. If you do, if you are the good guy, do you, um, do you commit all these kind of heinous crimes yourself? Do we occupy Syria? Do we bomb Somalia? Do we do we do all the things that not so good guys do? And now you know people are being called war criminals for. Well, but it's different because uh, because the U.S. is a democracy. Oh no, I, uh, those are good points, and it's <laughs> it's very it's very frustrating to me to see the piety that's sweeping through Congress in Washington right now. Uh, acting as if the U.S. government has never uh, had any, uh, doesn't have any atrocities on its record, and therefore the U.S. is entitled to uh, do anything necessary to assure the triumph of good over evil. But it's like, you know, there's a lot of asterisks there. You know, everybody um, knows the story uh, in World War II of the Japanese torturing our boys. Everybody, everybody knows the story um, of exactly how how it just destroyed um People like, what's his name? Louis Zapparina, right? Italian. Uh, My neighborhood, uh, big guy, right? Unbroken. He inspired the movie Unbroken. 
And it was outrageous what the Japanese did to our boys. We then had something called the Geneva Convention, right? I mean, didn't that happen all about the same time when they said, listen, this is unacceptable, prisoners of war and the rest of it. In fact, in Vietnam, we thought that maybe the Vietnamese would uphold that, but it turned out they didn't, and we still to this day have MIAs and the rest of it. That can't be something that we ever partake in, is it? Well, uh, it's something that the U.S. government is trying to cover up. Uh, during the uh, George W. Bush's War on Terror, the U.S. government set up a uh, worldwide network of illegal secret torture sites, and the CIA is still working to keep that covered up as much as possible, even though a lot of the information is leaked out. Unfortunately, the Supreme Court just joined the cover-up. And Explain that to me, please. There was a case about 10 days ago, the Supreme Court ruled that the that there was a secret um, CIA torture site in Poland, and the CIA the Supreme Court said that thanks to the doctrine of state secrets, the CIA could pretend that that was still a secret site, even though the government of Poland has admitted it was there, even though the European Human Rights Commission has written about it. Uh, but there's this uh, there's this game that's called state secrets, which basically lets the U.S. government cover up its worst atrocities and crimes. Why the would Poland thing, why would Poland let us know it was there? Where was this supposedly? Uh in uh, well there were a bunch of different sites uh the the uh one at issue in the Supreme Court case was in Poland. There was uh, uh also sites in Thailand and quite a few other nations. Boy oh boy this is uh this is timing, right? I mean Poland this is a big point right now, right? They're in NATO. Organization. Uh, Poland's a uh, big player, and uh, hopefully Poland doesn't help drag us into a, another war. So, And then, uh, if that wasn't aggravating enough, you know you write aggravating stuff. Ever since you left Playboy, I Jim, I've been I very try. upset with you. Uh, the Contorted Presidential Records Act. This doesn't sound good. Can you tell me about this? <laughs> no, that's another bad one. No, this is something which the, uh, you know, uh, in 19... Uh, in the early 70s, there was a big fight between President Nixon and the arrest and the courts uh, as to who owned the presidential records. And Congress passed a law, and there were court decisions that very clearly said that the presidential records are the property of the American people. Uh, and uh, I would think so, right? But we, you know, every time we think something's our property, if we get caught stepping on the grass wrong, you could end up in the hooskow for like 18 months. Yeah, there's all kinds of hammers which can be dropped in, uh, on uh, private citizens on this, but the, uh, the it was supposed to be a clear law with a clear um, recognition that presidents are simply hired hands. It's uh, you know it's, I like uh, that. I'm in for yeah. that. Yeah, I mean the, the presidents would, would have the same right to their property as someone who was hired as a ghostwriter. Okay, ghostwriters get paid, and you don't have any claim to your uh, to what you write. Uh, so. Uh, assuming you get paid, that's another yeah. story. Uh, but uh, but what's happened with uh, starting? It, it accelerated with President George W. Bush. Uh, Obama's kind of uh, made some of it worse, um, and uh, Trump was not good on this issue. Biden, you know, uh, there was no reason to trust Biden to be transparent because he certainly never was with his Senate records. Uh, but you have all these presidents who have created these uh, rules and restrictions and access to their papers, so they're basically keeping us blindfolded, even though, the, you know, my attitude, the, the former presidents are getting fifteen, twenty, thirty million dollars $30 million for their memoirs. And so presidents promise to open the books 
to tell the people uh, uh, to tell the people how wonderful they were. At the same time, the presidents exploit the rules to cover up their abuses, if not their atrocities, which they which they committed. And this Presidential Records Act helps former presidents hide their records from the American people. Boy, this is depressing. Can you cheer me up at all? I mean, next thing you know, you're going to tell me that we just passed a 2,746-page omnibus bill that not one of these morons read. Well, um, that's, you know, let's, yeah, I'm afraid I can't cheer you up on that score. I, I was I was smacking around on Twitter today, smacking Congress around, and I said that, you know, that uh, Congress is famous for, Passing thousand-page bills without reading them, and unfortunately, they're uh, they're using the same standard for due diligence for you know blundering into another war. So uh, there was you, there was a. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say you've been around a long time. You've been watching this. You're, you're a political. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, don't forgive me. I looked at the picture. I mean, you know, you're aging beautifully, but you've been aging. The reality, geezer alert. Geezer <laughs> alert. The reality is. You've witnessed a lot of, of this, and you've witnessed the quasi-world wars. You've witnessed the interventions. You've witnessed, as you write about and articulate about, the CIA hotspots and the black body and all the rest of it. What is your under over on this becoming something that is propagandized into a World War III, even though simultaneously in papers that are not in the U.S. and yeah, news outlets that are not in the U.S.? Uh, Mr. Secretary, we talked to a lot of business leaders here, a lot of something? CEOs, and they are now— and, these 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 outlets are saying there we just made great strides as far as Russia and Ukraine maybe talking about a peace agreement or a peace accord. Is that in our best interest right now after we pass all this money for Ukraine and Russia to sign an agreement and actually have a ceasefire? Or am I becoming too pessimistic? And maybe it's not in America's best interest for this to stop just yet. And we need it to exist for a few more weeks. Well, I don't know if we need it, but it certainly uh, helped boost Biden's approval ratings. And it's and it's frustrating. I mean, some of the European leaders have been pushing hard for a ceasefire. I don't see Biden doing that at all. I see him just saying, hey, we're going to give you this, we're going to give you that. Uh, as far as my over-under, as far as World War III, I'd say the odds at this point are still quite a bit less than 50%. But it's, you know, wars have a way of getting out of control. Uh, and you know, false flags, false this, whatever. Um, there, there's so much um, uh, vitriol right now, and to watch Congress's Congress's reaction to a foreign politician calling for them to jump into a, a war in his country is chilling because yeah. um, it is possible to, possible to 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 clearly condemn putin and russia for for their crimes and their aggression and to realize that the u.s government should stay out of this war i think putin has always been a kgb agent i think putin understands and is smart enough to realize that his real goal is to dethrone the american dollar and in in essence tearing down the american empire this is something he's been working on rather diligently i don't find it to be a coincidence that they have an agreement to start trading oil between China and Russia, and that it was really being worked on between China and some of the European states to stop using the petrodollar. In all of your years of paying attention to politics, have we ever gone to war or had any kind of quasi-war or military action with any country that didn't first threaten to stop using our dollar? Oh, uh, that's a good question. I don't, um, 
I don't know if Serbia threatened to stop using the dollar, or maybe it was hoping to use a euro when the U.S. bombed Belgrade in 1999. Yeah, um, talk, we can't talk about that anymore because Joe Biden apologized for that. And we have to move on. Let's not focus on that atrocity that was committed by NATO, right? Uh, indeed, indeed. At least 500 civilians killed by the NATO bombing that have all been swept under the rug. It's like the Serbs, you know, the Serbs were... Um, you know, people did not recognize the Serbs as human beings as far as how that war was covered. And I was outraged at the time. Uh, kind of got in the habit of being outraged. But uh, no, I mean, that's a good point about them trying to dethrone the U.S. dollar. And the U.S. government and the Federal Reserve has done all they could to help them. I mean, it's mortifying to see how the government has sabotaged our currency. And as I saw the news today, of the Dow Jones and the markets and every aspect of our economy rally on the news of what should have been the exact opposite in any kind of honest market in any kind of honest economy. We should have collapsed today with the idea that we are standing on the precipice of war, so much so that we just had to pass an omnibus bill, and on top of that we had to do more emergency spending. Yet here we are rallying, which, comes to, which brings me to the conclusion it's in our best interest to have this conflict. It deviates, it provides a Trojan horse for political fraud and corruption all the way around, and it always has to a certain extent as you look back throughout history. And what I want to thank you for doing is that you always have been consistent and you've always brought this out. So I want to thank you for doing that. I want to thank you for coming on my show, and I want the people to know they can go to Mises. Is it MisesInstitute.org or just Mises.org? Mises.org. I have it saved, and I don't look anymore because I'm old. Jim Bovard. You know, I appreciate it when you come on. Please keep up the good work. I look forward to everything you write. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for your kind words. Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM560, the answer. Nice. MTV. 312-642-5600. I remember all of the talk of these uh, political think tanks and all of these so-called leaders, which are nothing more to me than political pimps and whores playing 3D chess. Oh, they're always playing 3D chess. I've always focused on the fact that there are ramifications to sacrificing pawns. Yes, there are. And I don't just mean people or um, working class people or the ideology of Americanism. There is ramifications of enriching some real scumbags. It's true. When you close an American company, an American industry, when you bastardize it and seize it through regulation weaponry when you shut down american energy the ramifications are really something you cannot quantify easily but if you look back through history you go all the way back through the bastardization of the sherman antitrust act which was used to break up an oil business that politicians could not really corrupt fully but knew that they could corrupt third world foreign countries such as Saudi Arabia and Iran. Oh, yeah, it's true. Iran and the CIA and the American government, we go back a long way, back when George Bush Sr. could do a jumping jack. Now, those days are long gone. That rat bastard is in the ground. However, the ramifications of his CIA failure called Iran, that's a real deal. Oh, it is. Turns out you can't get along with a theocrat. The outfit should have given you a little tip. They're not real big on negotiations or reason or sense of right and wrong. In fact, they're terrible at it. Yet here we are, really kind of helping out Iran. Is the White House willing to delist the IRGC from the foreign terrorist organization list in order to get a deal with Iran? We're still in the negotiations, so I'm not going to speculate. Wait, 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 wait. 
Did you hear that, Squirrel Hands, or was that a little too fast? Was she a little too fast for you? You know, I think she's, you know, she's a Washington young girl. She's all excited. And uh, I think she spoke a little too fast. Let's hear it again. Is the White House willing to delist the IRGC from the foreign terrorist organization list in order to get a deal with Iran? Now, the IRGC, the IRGC is their, uh, their Azov battalion. It's, um, it's their military. It's their hit squad. And uh, they're on a terrorist list, as they should be, you know, because uh, they're bad. But to get the oil from Iran, we'll pretty much do anything, as we did in Iraq, as we did in Libya, as we do in Saudi Arabia, with those inbred mutilating of their daughters and wives that we pretend are royalty. And uh, they can't possibly be thinking about this now, could they? We're still in the negotiations, so I'm not going to speculate or outline from here what the final... <laughs> uh, Pippi lies talking. I love when I get told we're going to enrich terrorists by a sorority chick who thinks she's too good and thinks that uh, orgasm is a Pluto is a planet next to Pluto and she's going to talk down to me. See, here's oh, how this man. works with your fake red hair. You're enriching. You're going to take them off the list, which means they'll now have access to our country because when they're on that list, can't come in off that list. They can go to Disneyland. No details look like. And these are likely the, the group responsible for firing missiles at U.S. facilities in Iraq. So as long as Americans aren't killed, are there, are there no consequences for something like that, all in an effort to get a nuclear deal? Again, you're speculating on something that is not even finalized. The deal is not finalized. So see, when I talk about these issues, I can't help but think of my uncle. Godfather went to Vietnam. Very good at killing people. All on a lie. I can't think about the kids, kids, who did the rah-rah and believed every word that came out of George Bush's mouth. I can't help but think about them as they went to Iraq. I can't help but think about the ones that got killed and maimed and mutilated by Iranians. The same ones that Pippi Lystocking and that dimwit political whore, Joe Biden with his wet socks, are talking about giving money to, and not just money, but letting them move about America. I would say that Russia does not want Iran to acquire a nuclear weapon. Uh, we don't. Oh, this is that 3D chess. So we're going to make Russia mad by allowing Iran to get a nuclear weapon. Is that what we're doing here with your fake red hair, Pippi Lystocking? I'd ask your boss, but he doesn't know if it's Tuesday or July. Is that what you're doing? So that's 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 something you came up with in your 3D chess game, rather than just blow up. One of Putin's mansions with him or his kids in it? Either. Uh, well, we have a range of strong disagreements with them. Uh, we, can, we can't speak for their intentions here. Uh, certainly, we believe it's in both of our interests for this to move forward. You know what that means, don't you, Squirrel Hands? You're young. I don't know if you know what that means. That's that bull dung expression. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Even if they kill my soldiers. Even if they maim and mutilate my soldiers. Even if they fight a proxy war with the CIA-implanted Saddam Hussein, who, by the way, hid in Iran while the CIA cultivated him and enriched him so he could take over Iraq. Boy, oh boy. Facts are an aggravating thing. Knowledge, very frustrating. Maybe I should rah-rah. Should I rah-rah? Let's go with the comedian that makes me laugh my ass off. 312-642-5600. AM560, the answer. It's too damn high. It's my guy. Rent is too damn high, guy. It's going to be the new party. 
after these idiots get done destroying my economy. You know, I'll tell you, we still get Democrats that call. And I don't think they understand. Two things. Number one, I love that I aggravate the Durbin out of you. I absolutely love it. Number two, you're not welcome. Your opinion means less than nothing. Because you're the scum. You're the scum that did this to my country. That screwed up the economy. That destroyed the American principles this country was built on. That destroyed capitalism. You're the willful slave or the wannabe gangster that ruined America. Now, I can get it back at any time. All we need is for you idiots to get the hell out of the way or get the hell out of the state. Or we get out of the state. We win in the end because you'll always be what you are. You can't live without the corruption without the government cheese. So when you call Bonnie and you say, I want to get on, you're not going to get on, you filthy animal. Go change the station. I don't want you listening to my show. This is not a normal radio show where I'm trying to make you happy. I want to point out what the problem in this country is, and it's you. It's you, you Democrat moron. Whether you're smart and cunning, like Chuck Schumer, and you're in on the scam, or Nancy Pelosi, and you just want to rig the economy so you could pretend to be a man, or you're a welfare roach. In either case, I don't want you listening. You're not welcome. And you'll never get on. And by the way, it goes on the YouTube and the Rumble and all the rest of it. You're scum of the earth. Craig and Mount Greenwood. Oh, hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, before I get to the serious comment I want to make about where we're headed, I was take a mention something in the background. You know, every time this lion sack of crappy and then uh, uh, Biden with his soggy diaper and wet socks and everything, when they talk, Everything is either a lie or stupidity. And everybody is, it's epic. Everything that they basically showcase their stupidity and everything. And I believe that regardless of sending airplanes doing anything, all of our enemies see all this weakness and stupidity, and they know now is the time to pounce. I don't think there's anything we can do to avoid all kinds of big problems coming our way from our enemies because of this blast damn administration. Well, because here's the thing, Craig. Don't, don't, don't make it seem like it's a mistake. Who has corrupted them? Who owns Joe Biden? The Ukrainians? The Chinese. Who owns them? So who's going to be enriched? The Ukrainians, the Chinese, and the Iranians, and any enemy of Americanism. Because they have more in common with them. They're corrupt oligarchs, just like the ones that rule over those third world hellholes. But there's good news. There's good news, Craig. I'm going to tell you, not everywhere is like that in America. In fact, there are other places that in some states starts from the ground up, ground up. Where's the stronghold of the corrupt labor extortion union mafia that's interwoven in our government? Where is it? Oh, you were right. Squirrel hands. I saw your mouth squirrels. You were or schools. You were right. You were right. That's why there are states, 21 of them, making a push. Mine's just happens to be the one where you can get the best hand. Through the legislature's actions, Florida has maintained its commitment uh, to accountability and high standards, but did it in a way that recognizes this one test, the FSA, is not the best way to do it. So we've replaced that with progress monitoring that'll be more friendly for teachers, for students, it'll give more feedback for parents, and it'll mean a lot less time having to take tests in school. So that is a huge win uh, for parents, students, and teachers. We also provided curriculum transparency so that parents have uh, uh, understanding about what's going on inside the classroom. And I'm really, really proud to do that. And I can just say, as the parent of three kids that are age five and under, 
thank you for letting me and my wife be able to send our kids to kindergarten without them being sexualized. Now, isn't that wonderful? It's wonderful. And the people wanted it. And the people clap. But the union scum, they're able to go in these public places. I know. It's a shame. And yes, that's who's making the bathrooms disgusting. And they also try to interrupt. at the transparency provisions, if you look at what they did to make sure that we're not treating people different on the basis of race, we in Florida showed a commitment to education, not to indoctrination. And I want to thank the legislature for doing that. Now, there's a Democrat in the upper chamber, either living off of his parents or the government, about 180 pounds, looked like an ad for meth. And he wants to say, stop, stop enriching corporations. How's that enriching corporations? See, they've got one thing to yell. The irony is they're too stupid to understand. The corporations that are the most corrupt are the ones that support the Democrat mafia. The ones who have it hook, line, and sinker. The ones who hired little tiny short-in-the-pants Mike Madigan and his Irish mafia in Chicago. Oh, yes, they did. 66%. Of all buildings and corporations, hired Mike Madigan to lower the property taxes. And the rest of you morons, pay it. And you didn't even know it, or you didn't care. So when I see them put up an argument, I realize it's only the few and far. I think it's Ray Lopez, who is the one alderman that doesn't fit into the 50 thief category. Happening today, a group of Chicago aldermen are holding a special city council meeting to try to get Mayor Lori Lightfoot to change her vaccine mandate for city employees. CBS 2's Mugo Odigwe breaks down this latest showdown at City Hall. That's an interesting thing about the mandate. Interesting thing. We're, we're into this now, and we've got the Pfizer doctor. Sure, we had to sue and use the Freedom of Information Act and then get a judge to make the corrupt company, Pfizer, release some of the, you know, what are they called, uh, uh, side events, adverse events. They used to be called side effects. Adverse events. A warm welcome to today's talk. It's Wednesday, the 9th of March. Now, I've been asked for a long time to look into these Pfizer documents and the Food and Drug Administration documents released as a result of the Freedom of Information request. And it's taken a while to work out what's going on here. But uh, I'm not saying I'm there yet, but I'm going to show you what I've got. And it looks like in the first three months, there was 42,000 adverse events reported after the marketing of the Pfizer vaccine and like 1,223 deaths. Now, this is just quite, quite alarming, really. Yeah. So, so let's look at this now. Now, this starts off, as far as I can tell here, Public Health and Medical Professionals for Transparency. And this is a group that seem to be uh, wanting just that. They they want transparency. And there's a large uh, list of uh, prestigious, highly qualified uh, signatories on that group. Yeah, these are the ones that Fauci and Collins worked tirelessly to silence and intimidate and use the power of government against. So instead of reviewing this and saying, whoa, 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 whoa. maybe we were all tricked. Let's just review this now. We just got this dump. Got three months. Of, uh, uh, of study, three months. In the first three months, we've got a lot of problems. Let's just review it. The Democrat mafia says, no, no, no. Let's move forward with the mandate. And you could always tell which Democrat mafia is really the strongest. Those are the ones that push the hardest. So Chicago Democrats make the most sense to push the hardest. And now the aldermen have to take it in their hands and say, wait a minute. 
let's, let's look out for our people rather than look out for the profits of Pfizer and the rest of them. We're not talking about a lot of aldermen here. This really just involves 11 of them. They're pushing the mayor to change her vaccination requirement for city workers. We're going to push back, too. We want answers. Our employees deserve answers. Our city deserves answers. Alderman Ray Lopez is one of the 11 Chicago aldermen who will attend Wednesday's special city council meeting, a meeting Mayor Lori Lightfoot has repeatedly called a stunt. It's not a stunt. It's a reaction to her own abrasive behavior in refusing to be collaborative. She's trying to lead from the top down rather than bringing everyone to the table, and this is what she is. Well, Ray, Ray, I mean, I know you still call yourself a Democrat. I argue with you every time you're on. You're not a Democrat, because if you're a Democrat, you're a Marxist fascist pig, like Lori Lightfoot in her Benson costume. All right, I went long. 312-642-5600. Wait till you hear from the CEO of Pfizer after this. AM 560, The Answer. I can't decide if I like this or not. What is this from? Oh, I don't know whether I never heard it before. It's, it's March Madness? Yeah. I thought it was the American Hero, the old TV show from the 80s. That was a great show. All right, let's, uh, let's get a little reset here. We got the, uh, a couple, a handful of aldermen that want to make Lori Lightfoot in her Dan Proft costume stop forcing a vaccine that has some adverse effects no one wants to talk about. Very inconvenient. You know, maybe we should talk about Ukraine again. Created. The issue here is that city workers were supposed to be fully vaccinated by Sunday or be placed on non-disciplinary no-pay status. Lightfoot now says workers have until April 13th to get their second COVID shot. But the 11 aldermen want Lightfoot to... What about gangbangers that are protected by um, Kim Fox? What's, do they have to mandate vaccines or no? What about like Section 8 housing? No. Food stamps? No. Just the cops that are supposed to protect people. All right. Fair enough. Include natural COVID immunity as a reporting option for those city workers, along with testing. Meanwhile, city data shows more than 2,000 employees are still non-compliant with the mayor's vaccine requirement. Ardena Kozlov spoke with one of them. They're freedom fighters. Let's call those guys freedom fighters. Maybe Biden can write them a check. In the meantime, I'd be a freedom fighter. I am a freedom fighter. Because I realized, you know, the guy who heads up Pfizer, you know what he really is? Do you know what his qualifications are, Squirrel Hands? This is exciting. He's a veterinarian. <laughs> Yet he's still in like ivermectin. Uh, here he is. Uh, I think it's Albert Biorla. Biorla and I'm going to have to translate his English to English. I want to get a little into the weeds here and the mRNA technology. When you and, you and your, your colleagues... We're trying to decide which route to go down, the traditional vaccine route or the mRNA route. This is important. The traditional vaccine, the one that, you know, is in our system for 50 years that we could test for, for the polio and the rest of it, the one that stays with you, the one that actually works, doesn't give you the Bell's palsy and the Jimmy leg, twitching, headaches, that one. I don't know. Let's see what he says. You you write that... Um, it was, quote, most counterintuitive to go the mRNA route. And Let's just, just in case that Democrat scumbag is listening. Counterintuitive is not good. That's bad. Head of Pfizer veterinarian, so all right. He's got about as much medical stability and standing as Fauci. However, he said that it's counterintuitive. Mm, counterproductive, counter, counter bad, counter is bad. And yet you went that route. Explain oh. why. <laughs> It was 
counterintuitive because Pfizer was mastering, or let's say we had very good experience and expertise with the multiple technologies that could uh, give a vaccine. Adenoviruses, but some of the other vaccines are. We, we were very good in doing that. So we were good in doing the other one. You know, the one that worked. We thought we'd throw that in the wind. Um, protein vaccines. We were very good in doing that. And yeah. plus many other technologies. Um, mRNA was the technology, but we had less experience. Only two years working on this. And actually, mRNA was a technology that never delivered a single product until that day. Uh, not vaccine, not any other medicine. So, uh, so it was very counterintuitive, and I was surprised when they suggested to me. Now, you notice how he went from we to they? That's called distancing yourself in that 3D chess. Oh, yeah, they're getting ready for problems to start. 312-642-5600. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. All right, roll up your sleeves. My next guest was a senior economist on the Congressional Joint Economic Committee, manager with PricewaterhouseCoopers, and an economist with the Tax Foundation. He's now the director of tax policy studies at Cato and an editor of DownsizingGovernment.org. His name is not Don Quixote. He is Chris Edwards. Thank you so much for joining me, Chris. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Sean. See, the problem I have, Chris, is that I'm on to the scam. The scam is government's failure is their weapon. Nowhere is that exemplified as in government quasi-entities. I find it to be a problem among state and local municipalities. It's really a problem that you can focus on when you look at the United States Postal Service. It's ironic to me that we are giving them money in virtually every bill, even though they are, for the most part, obsolete. And I believe it's because of their health care costs and other legacy benefits. Am I crazy? <laughs> uh, no, you're right. The, uh, the post office, uh, there's nothing special about the postal industry anymore. You could say in the pre-Internet era, there was something special about the postal service and, you know, maybe the government needed to play a role. But that's not true anymore, especially young people. They don't communicate through paper mail anymore. Uh, and as I've written about, you know, over 60% of mail now is junk mail. So the government has this giant monopoly paper delivery system whose main purpose is to deliver junk mail to every address in the country. It really doesn't make any sense. It's time to modernize uh, this, uh, this ancient beast. Another problem I have is I know how many politicians have stock in the companies that are going to produce the ever-changing trucks. For the post office. I'm also aware of the trickery and weight. So they circumvent, ironically enough, their own regulations that they put on small business. Um, and they keep calling it reform. Is the post office reforming or is it simply covering up the black hole of bankruptcy that it is? 
the post office's basic problem, it's, it's a giant corporation. It's got 650,000 workers. It's got revenues of $77 billion a year. It's a big business, and it should be a big business competing in the private sector. But we protect it as a, as a government monopoly. Uh, we've got government unions in there, so its costs are really bloated. But the basic problem is first-class mail, which used to be its main moneymaker, has dropped in half, not surprisingly, uh, over the last 20 years with the rise of uh, email and all other electronic communications. So what I've written about is a lot of other countries, some of uh, countries, you know, most of, of which are people think are sort of more welfare status than we are, these other countries in Europe, they said, hey, look, it's a new, it's a new reality with the Internet. We ought to just uh, privatize the postal system and just let it compete in the private sector with companies like UPS and FedEx. So Germany privatizes post office. Netherlands privatizes post office. Britain privatizes its Royal Mail, which is a 500-year-old government uh, institution. Uh, Ten years ago, they privatized it. They floated the stocks on the London Stock Exchange. It's just a private company that competes and delivers mail. So I think that's what we ought to do with the U.S. postal system. Yeah, let me know if that happens because I want to buy some puts on it, Chris, because this thing has been a dog for the last 30 years. And I have a favorite relative who was a postman. It was a wonderful job, but that was prior to the advancements in technology and the and the rightfully uh, accurate and, and, and beneficial options to the U.S. post office. In fact, is there anything that isn't subsidized? When it comes to the post office, you know the problem is. So here's the thing: the you know the postal management themselves actually have wanted to do some reforms, but every try, time they they try to do some cost cutting or reforms or innovations, Congress stops them. The classic example here is the the U.S. post uh, postal system has over thirty thousand um, post office locations. Thousands of those locations literally only get a few customers a day. They're basically offices that we run. There's these standalone offices we run, and they virtually have no visitors anymore. It's, again, let's go to Europe. The solution, Germany closed all its post office locations. It had tens of thousands of them. And instead, what it did is it opened counters at, like, grocery stores and convenience stores. So they cut their costs, and these, these locations in Germany are now actually more convenient for consumers. But unfortunately, when the Postal Service tries to do innovations like that, Congress stops it. Another example here, Sweden has gone very sensibly to every second-day delivery. So if you went to every second-day delivery, you could slash in half the number of trucks you need. The U.S. postal system is 230,000 gas-guzzling trucks. Not good for the environment. So a solution that's good for the economy and good for the environment would be to go to every second-day delivery. You could slash the number of gas-guzzling trucks. You know, the Greens would be winners, uh, the taxpayers would be winners, uh, but unfortunately Congress has blocked unsensible reforms like that. Now, Chris, I don't have a chance to talk to somebody who has your resume, your lineage. I mean, you are a successful economic erudite that I am going to take advantage of. And I'm going to do that because I grew up in the sewer of corruption. It's true. Chicago, Illinois, and the surrounding suburbs are the prime example of the Democrat Mafia. You said something in your opening that was very telling. How many employees do the post off, does the post office have? 650,000. Enormous and number. <laughs> do we uh, know how many, say, vote Republican versus Democrat? We don't know that, but two-thirds of them are labor union members, so I imagine the dozen or so labor unions that are active in the U.S. postal systems encourage their 
their members to vote a certain way. And there's another there's another little problem. And you'll have to forgive me. I'm a I'm a real estate uh, fan. I'm a real estate historian. I can't help but notice all of the prime real estate that the not just the government, but the post office specifically has. In fact, there was a contract uh, during the implosion of 2008 that was given to C.B. Richard Ellis. Ironically enough, the B was for Richard Bloom, who was Diane Feinstein's husband. And they had an exclusive contract to liquidate so many of the phenomenal real estate that the United States Post Office has. Yet it wasn't really something that was open for bid among strangers. It was kind of a controlled market. Do we know how much money the government wastes after owning all of this prime real estate, how much it, it wastes on renting some of these these real estate ventures that they use as post offices. Yeah, so you you touch on something really important here. Yeah, there's over thirty thousand standalone um, postal locations. Uh, many of those, most of those, perhaps all of those, ought to be closed, and we ought to do like some European countries. You just open uh, you open some counters at existing private businesses. That way, we can efficiently recycle and use that real estate for more efficient purposes. Again, there's an environmental angle here. Think about all the energy and land costs being consumed here by a service that's hardly used anymore. Uh, I am surprised, frankly, that the environmentalists haven't got on to the scam that uh, the, the current U.S. postal uh, system is. So uh, in, to touch on an even broader point, I've written in the past about the federal government owns hundreds of thousands of facilities and buildings uh, across the country, hundreds of thousands, and it truthfully hardly even uh, knows where a lot of them are. A long time, a decade or so ago, there was a law passed that they're supposed to create a big detailed database about all the the uh, particular pieces of property the federal government owns. But it's still basically uh, a mess, and it's really hard to find out exactly what the federal government owns. The Pentagon, Department of Interior, uh, many other agencies own tens of thousands of facilities that, you know, efficiently we should sell off to the private sector. It should be used more efficiently. We should we could reduce energy use. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, the federal government is just this giant lumbering beast, and it's very hard to make reforms. So with your knowledge, with your history of working in the Congressional Joint Economic Committee and all the rest of it, with everything that you've seen, when you see an omnibus bill be snuck under an emergency in Ukraine, and you see that it's 2,700 pages, and you start to go, you, you, two things aggravate me about this. Number one, none of these, moron, none of these elected officials read it. I find that to be troubling. There's no possible way they could have. 2,700 of convoluted economic verbiage cannot be read in anything under three months. And I'm saying if you go every day. When you realize that you have this issue where the government is the biggest landlord and the biggest tenant, the biggest creditor and the biggest uh, um, um, debtor, do you not think that ultimately there has to be adults such as yourself, such as your organization, that say to everybody, you do realize we are so interwoven with really the idea that we can play both ends of this rope, that we're twisted in a knot that almost can't be unwound. And when you have to borrow and create bills to come up every 30 days, every 60 days, you're technically bankrupt. Or is that argument just in the wind and I have to listen to Jerome Paul and watch him make a, a moron out of himself as he's questioned by 20-something-year-old reporters? 
I mean, the irresponsibility of federal budgeting is so extreme. It's honestly, it's completely unbelievable. As I've, I've looked into, for example, the first 150 or so years of the country from 1789, the first Congress through to 1930, Congress balanced its budget through Democrat and Republican administrations uh, and other administrations, Whig administrations, I guess, just about uh, uh, over two-thirds of the, the time, even including the wars and the like. Since 1930, we've only balanced the budget 15% of the time, and we haven't balanced the budget now in over 20 years. It's the height of irresponsibility. Even the, uh, even the left-wing Keynesian economists say governments ought to run deficits during recessions and they ought to run surpluses during growth years. Well, we're growing now, and we're not at war. We should be balancing the budget and paying down the debt. Both parties uh, are, have utterly failed on this. I'm p- particularly disgusted with Republicans, because if you look at Republican members of Congress websites in the House and the Senate, half of them or more will say, you know, Senator Joe Doe is a fiscal conservative and he fights to cut spending. It's baloney. It's BS. <laughs> you know, 90% of those Republicans, uh, frankly, they're, 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 they're uh, chair warmers. They don't fight at all to cut spending and balance the budget. It's really, really sad and unfortunate, and I think it's going to create a massive crisis down the road for this country, this implosion uh, of federal debt. So I've got two college kids, and this is why I take on this argument. This is why I constantly put up the fight. I'm not an economist of uh, someone that graduated a man of letters. I'm a street Chicago mercantile pit trader. But when I look at this and I see the bulk of my nation, the vast majority of which living very, I won't say hand-to-mouth, but very thin ice, chant for the Federal Reserve to do something like raise their minimum payments on their credit cards. The idea that we are now kind of getting used to oil being at $100 and the rest of it, and the ramification that has through the entire economy. This looks to me like we have been out-strategized when you can get people to chant for their own demise. Do you see this as a snip in time where we're just going to have to go through the, 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 the normalization of corruption and incompetence and then can come out the other end where there'll be another Reagan, another Trump in some aspects. Is this something that we can elect our way out of, or is this a Keynesian soiree of fraud we just have to continue to go through? The corruption, unfortunately, it seems to uh, go on decade after decade. You know uh, from Illinois, of course, it's really hard to reform. Uh, uh, your speaker, I guess, who's going to, uh, your past speaker, I guess, there is going to, to jail now was, you know, he's in power for so long. Everyone knew what he was doing was corrupt, but, you know, it took so long to reform the system. Uh, it's really difficult to know where the federal government is going to go. You really hope people will wake up. But ultimately, I, you know, the institution, uh, the nationwide institution that can push back on the economic socialism is the Republican Party, and I just don't see it. Most members of Congress on the Republican Party, unfortunately, I think they sit on their hands and they don't really fight. We were just talking about the post office. The Congress, the House and Senate passed with large Republican support a post office bill uh, a couple weeks ago that was signed by Biden. It made absolutely no reforms. And yet the postal system, uh, it, it is imploding. The mail volume is plunging. You've got this unfair competition going on with the USPS, which pays no federal, state, or local taxes. It doesn't pay income tax. It doesn't pay property tax. 
It's competing against private FedEx and UPS and other private companies that pay the full tax load. It's completely unfair what's going on. And the Republicans, they, they didn't point this out. They didn't, they didn't fight for reform at all. Most of them, many of them went, went along uh, with this no reform bill that was recently passed. It's very sad, and it's, it's hard to know how to change it. In all of your studies and all of your conversations with the think tank group Cato and with downsizinggovernment.org, have you come up with a percentage of income that forever demoralizes the opportunity for an individual growth of wealth? Is it 50% of federal and state local taxes? Is it, because I think we're paying that now for those of us who work, is it a, a, a system, is it a, is it a fraud that can continue to go on before so many people jump onto the government sustenance train that is so lucrative at this stage of the game? No, but I'll tell you something that's interesting. That is, it's a little wonky, that is, but is often forgotten in the tax debate. If you double the tax rate, you compound the economic damage by four times. So a 40% tax rate is actually four times as damaging as a 20% tax rate, not just twice as damaging. And there's a basic sort of microeconomics reason for that. And you can Google this and uh, find out uh, about this. Many, you know, any uh, any professor at university teaching first year sort of tax economics, they'll they'll go through this. But so as the tax rate rises on anything, working or saving or investing, uh, the the damage it causes rises uh, exponentially. Uh, and so you know, there's a there's you can think about some of the reasons for this in our current uh, tax system. People, you know, the highest rates are on people with the highest incomes. If you increase taxes on them, you're hitting people like, you know, surgeons and entrepreneurs who are at enormous value to the economy. And if they decide to work less, they decide to retire earlier, it creates a lot of damage to the economy that affects all of us. So, as you know, as rates go up, there's less uh, working People retire earlier. Uh, people uh, will not invest in risky venture capital that helps Silicon Valley grow. Instead, they'll buy tax-free muni bonds. So as rates rise, people start making these less efficient decisions, and the overall uh, GDP in the economy suffers, and that reduces everyone's income. And to top all that off, if you're waiting for your dividend check to come through the mail, you're probably going to get it late. Thank you so much for coming on. I so appreciate the work you do. Chris Edwards, editor of DownsizingGovernment.org. You can also find his papers at Cato. I so appreciate you making time for me. Thank you so much. Okay, thanks a lot, Sean. See ya. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM560, the answer. There's just a terrible accident in Texas. Kills nine, including six students on the golf team. This is just tragic. Boy, oh boy, I hate to imagine it comes down to an illegal alien, somebody on fentanyl. Don't worry, we'll get a Ukraine update to you. Bill on the south side. Yeah, Sean. Hey, uh, I'm just wondering what's being done about the post office and the voter fraud allegations that were brought up during the last uh, presidential election. We're increasing benefits to guarantee ballot harvesting success for the Democrat mafia in the future. Yeah, yeah. You know, what I, I don't understand is you can mail a letter uh, in a post office where the post office box is right in that that post office. Then it goes all the way, and this would be in Indiana. Yeah. It would go all the way to Illinois, to Bedford Park, and then 
come back all the way back so the guy can walk six feet over and put it in a post office box. What kind of <laughs> what kind of baloney is that? And they're doing that to monitor everything. That's government ingenuity. You know, you trace they used to have a little thing, local, local deliveries only, and now they took that sign off. Now everything goes to the main centers and then comes back. I blame Buffalo so. Bill Cody, that son of a gun. He sold out to the damn government. They've been screwing that up ever since, at least when he did it. The, you know, the, the envelope, uh, the, the letter got a little bit of a ride, and it got there on time, Pony Express. Yeah, it was, and a lot of arrow escapes, too. That's exactly right. <laughs> Creating jobs <laughs> for the engines. Thank yeah. you very much. Don't you talk about Elizabeth Warren's people like that, squirrel hands. High cheekbones, just like Chuck Connors. Don't worry, everything's fine. Mitch McConnell's on the case of our inflation. We have nothing to worry about. Good afternoon, everyone. Um... Isn't he a man's man? Isn't he riveting? Riveting? Here he is, the leader of the GOP. Our best hopes on this chinless, old lady face sellout hag to China. I think it's perfectly clear that Vladimir Putin is not uh, the cause of this rampant inflation. No, you are, you old lady face sellout bastard. Oh, shh, he's a Republican. Began at the beginning of the year was fed by the $2 trillion so-called rescue package. Now, quick, all you lobbyists, get your money together. It's going to be a big year for the GOP and Mitch McConnell. Big year for Mitch. Big year. Big year for Paul Ryan. Big year for these lobbyist scumbags that have destroyed our country instead of beating the Marxist mafia on the simple principles of Americanism. Simple. But there's no money in it. So come on, Mitch. What do we need to fight inflation? Just $2 billion to the GOP, you rat? Which produced exactly what Larry Summers predicted, 40-year high inflation. So let there be no confusion. Boy, oh boy. This is as exciting as he got. No wonder he did blow in the 80s. Mr. McMillan, would you like 30 seconds more? Allow me to introduce myself. I represent the rent that's too damn high party. People are working eight hours a day and 40 hours a week to some a third job. Women can't afford to take care of their children, feed their children breakfast, lunch, and dinner. My main job is to provide a roof over your head, food on the table, and money in your pocket. This is politics as usual. Playing a silly game. It's not going to happen. The rent too damn high movement, the people I'm here to represent can't afford to pay their rent. They're being laid off right now as I speak. They can't eat breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Listen, someone's stomach, chill, child's stomach just growled. Did you hear it? I heard you it. Gotta listen like me. Okay. Let's Mr. talk Mick about Mullen. the issue. Mr. People can't Mr. afford Mr. to Cuomo, pay their rent. Thirty Stop. seconds for you, sir. Rent. The rent is too damn high. I'm with this guy. Too damn high. I. Me too. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. AM five sixty. The answer. Oh, I love this son of a gun. Love me two times. You're too young to know what that means. Squirrel hands. Sicko. Ben in Milwaukee. Hi Ben. Hey, I love I love your show, Kumba. Oh, thank Listen, you. Listen, <laughs> yes. yeah. I want to I want to tell you something. Okay, here we got a real we got the best here. How about this, Sean? You got Millie as a general. Okay, then you got Lloyd Austin. Uh-huh. Then you got Blinken, right? Oh, and I don't know which one of the three Stooges got any brains at all. I think we should stay. We should uh, stay away from that. Uh, oh, I think it's Millie. With- I think it's Millie. After all, he sold out to China right on top, right? But it does explain oh, yeah. when you really think about yeah. it. Do you remember back when sure. during the election year and it said um, a list of former senior military leaders were now backing Biden versus Trump? Kind of figures yes, out I do. why. 
right? Because they're going to make more money now. See, Trump didn't like oh, sure. this kind of inter- interventionism. He got elected <laughs> by, pr- by promise on, promising us we would never enter this kind of boondoggle again. That's why all those millions and millions, tens of millions of people supported him. These generals couldn't make any money. Now they got all the money in the world. Their budgets are expanding. They're controlled. The oh, yeah. this, happy days are here again for them, Ben. So Yeah, that's no doubt. That There's no question in my mind about that. But these guys are a bunch of real winners. So, God, that our, 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 our adversaries got to be laughing all the way. They probably be like, what the hell? How can we go wrong? you got to finish it like Liberace. They're laughing all the way to the bank. Ben, you made my night. Hey. Thanks for the call. Yes. All right. Take care, Sean. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yes, it's true. I'll never forget that in election year. Why would the military generals support the 50-year political whore to Donald Trump? Then I remembered Donald Trump's policies. He didn't like the never-ending wars. He would have never gotten us to this point. Of course, none of that money would have been cut. Billions and billions. That's true. It's all true. Now, I am I to understand, uh, did uh, Juicy Smollett, He's out of prison now? Is that what I read? He's out of prison? Did he come out in a tilted kilt costume? Not a day in Cook County, huh? Boy, that would have been like sending me to hedonism. But it does explain about the Cook County judges. Oh, it does. I didn't think for a minute they were going to let that stick. After all, you got to remember who they are. Scum of the earth. Then we have Daniel Peters. 66 years old. Uh-huh. He thought... He was coming for a girlfriend experience. Uh Uh-oh. Kind of a date. He went on an escort site. All right. Oh, can I show you the other picture of Daniel Peters? Sure. This is the Honorable Daniel Peters, (gasps) who is a retired judge from Cook County, Illinois. You're kidding. Or the dishonorable Judge Peters from Cook County, Illinois. And when we were doing our follow-up investigation to validate all of this, what did we find out? I don't know. He also retired from the Cook County Sheriff's Office, according to him. All right. That's right. He said he was a special assistant in legal affairs. Makes sense. And he worked, are you ready for this? I think so. In the Office of Professional Regulations, where he was a director. What did he get caught in? A sex scandal? You're kidding me, right? No, I'm not kidding you. As my old grand or my old daddy would have said, that's enough. I love these sheriffs down here in Florida. I mean, I love them. Now, see, the Chicago scumbag Democrat, he's not upset that he got caught in a sex ring scandal. Not at all. He's not even upset that he was a judge. After all, they like their judges to be corrupted with Fast Eddie Burke and the Table of Wisdom LLC Investment Group. You like it that way, you morons. You're mad because he took his pension, came down to Florida, spent it like an American. Known fact. He said, quote, I've been on the other side of this. Did you? Well, I'd like to ask him today, so which side do you like best? <laughs> now that you have been the prosecutor, you've been the judge, you've been at the state attorney's office, and now you're the defendant. So we locked him up in the county jail. See, that's what I like about Florida. You're not going to get the juicy smoothie. You're not going to be prancing around in a tilted kilt costume saying you're crazy and you get let out three days later. Oh, no, 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 no. You're going to go to the who's cow and you're going to get involved in your own little sex ring. They got a little different definition of it down here, though. You're not going to be the guy with the young teenage girl. No, you Democrats. Boy, oh, boy. Maybe you could be like that senator. 
You know the Senator Menendez? Oh, yeah. He's a statesman now. He's a big deal in the Biden administration. Sure, he liked Costa Rica with the young hookers, or as Cook County calls it, a resume builder. He says he lives in Palos Hills, Illinois. Ooh. He requested an attorney. Well, Judge, you need an attorney. You got problems. He went to the jail in Polk County. Where all the Chicago Cook County Democrats belong. It's nice to see they're only safe in that sewer of corruption run by a butter-handed trust fund crook named J.B. Pritzker and the FBI tapes and all the rest. And you know what's even funny? It's not even going to deter a Democrat scumbag from voting for him that he was on the FBI tapes with Rod Blagojevich, scumbag de tutte scumbag. Not even that he's mentioned in the indictment with the little, mid, the little munchkin, Mike Madigan, and his short-in-the-pants mafia crew. 312-642-5600. AM560, the answer. I'll tell you, I'm having a good time. I, I got to admit, I love it because these Democrat roaches keep exposing themselves. I mean, I love it. I do. I love it. And, you know, it's going to stink for all of us. It really is, you know, because that's what they do. They ruin things. They corrupt things. But ultimately, we bounce back because we're Americans. They're roaches. That's the difference. And if the insults can't keep coming, they will. My favorite this week's winner, by far. Well, it's only, I mean, we still got a couple more days. But by far, my favorite is USA Today nominating Rachel Levine. It's a man, baby. Not yet. Not yet. Don't get too crazy now. Rachel Levine is Woman of the Year. Admiral Rachel Levine is a groundbreaking leader, public health champion. It's a man, baby. Admiral Rachel Levine is a groundbreaking leader, public health champion, and an advocate. She credits family support for helping her get where she is today. Boy, this is confusing. So Lori Lightfoot has the bigger Schwansteiger in all of Chicago, even the Italians. And Rachel Levine's the Woman of the Year. Last year, Rachel made history, becoming the first openly transgender four-star officer across uniformed services. And a four-star officer? It's a man, baby! It is truly my honor to serve as the Assistant Secretary for Health. I like the voice. I mean, the voice is better than Joy Behar. Sounds more feminine than Joy. Maybe even Whoopi. Where's Whoopi's That's eyebrow? why Roger Pedactor is dead! He it's... found Captain Winky! <laughs> Who you love, no matter who you are, no matter what your gender, identity, sexual orientation, or a- anything else. I hope that, that my appointment um, sort of provides that opportunity, is that um, uh, other women, other uh, women that are part of the LGBTQI plus community. There's an I and a plus? It's a man, baby! Have the opportunity uh, to, uh, to follow their dreams and to maybe go beyond what they might have expected. <laughs> My definition of courage would be to be true to yourself and to be true to who you are. I'm out of here. Now, does Rachel Levine, does she get equal pay? To welcome so many advocates for working women this equal pay day. Well, this doesn't mean anything anymore. All you got to do is flip around. You want equal pay? Pretend you're a fella. Buy yourself one of those vests. Get yourself elected. Get yourself elected in Chicago as the mayor and brag about your Schwansteiger. USA Today. You got to love it. It does explain why so many people are disgusted. Here's the opportunity. Everybody's disgusted with this. Even lifelong Democrats. When you say woke, you know, it's become 
and I make fun of it too, because it's become an eye roll. I only heard it, I don't know, what, it was three, four years ago? Five years ago at most when we heard the term woke and it was like alert to injustice. I'm like, okay, I'm down with that. But yes, it became sort of a byword for a lot of this goofy stuff. That's what I'm always railing against. That's why, like, they play me on Fox News now. Look, I'm, I haven't changed at all. My politics hasn't changed. They've changed. It's, it's that five years ago, no one was talking about defunding the police. Now, what if we could get all the people together who realizes how moronic these rat Democrats that are in power are? What if we could get all the people together that realizes this is all a Ponzi scheme and corporations are bribing politicians for forced coercion of citizens into buying their products? What if we all started to use our damn heads? you imagine that? But when all else fails and people are starting to wake up, you can always create a war or stoke one and ignore others. And you can always, always go to the Trump, go to the Trump card, go to the Trump card. I yield to my colleague from Maryland. Thank you so much, Ms. McBath, and also for uh, those uh, clarifying remarks. Uh, I, I just I needed to intervene because I heard the gentleman from Texas uh, talk about how the Department of Justice is somehow being converted into a ministry, ministry of truth. Um, of course, that has nothing to do with the bill, which is all about responding to actual episodes of domestic violence committed by domestic terrorists. He means parents that are arguing against school boards for sexualizing preschoolers. That's what it's like in a Democrat-run hellhole versus an American-run one. The good news is we win. It's going to have to go through the Biden pain train. good news is I think it's public transportation. You may qualify for a subsidy. Are we really done? You're kidding me, man got another hour in me. Get Larry Elder on the phone. In the meantime, we'll be back in 21. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.